What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their view from the pew on Modern Day Radio. And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who's still a pretty fierce papa bear, the good deacon, Scott Aiken. It was such a calm evening, and I was ready to just relax, and then sent my sent our son to the store to get some chips and get this call that he just got he just got bumped, got got bumped into. Actually almost got run over. And uh, man, that was, wasn't that, it was just, um, I went into Papa Bear mode instantly because I'm like, what can I do? And there was really nothing I could do, but try and calm him down. I didn't do a very good job of that because I was ready for, ready for finding the bear. So. Oh, no doubt. Now what happened was our son was in his car. Now remind you, he's a newer driver. He's had his license for about six or seven months now. And he was driving his car to the grocery store, of course, to pick up a couple of things for dinner. And somebody ran a red light. And in the last second, he was able to swerve a little bit. He got his bumper clipped. But for the most part, other than his nerves being a little bit on the high end, it was just fine. And we are fortunate, I think, we'll say that, in that he's a pretty confident driver in a short six months. He's also really managed to learn how to maneuver his car well. He has some good skills, and we're grateful for that. And most definitely, we are grateful for his guardian angel. I think our guardian angels work a whole lot more than we even realize in keeping us safe. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was um, it was apparent that had he been on that gas pedal just a half a second faster, that this uh, person would have what they say T-boned uh-huh. his car. And, uh, you know, he's got an older car. We got a good deal on a car. It's a safe car, but I don't want to test the safety. It's it's no, an older car. So so that, that was what, all that was going through my mind as I drove back out to the site to look for his license plate, <laughs> which, uh, which I couldn't find. And, uh. and uh, his sister found later on. And so, yeah, but just quite a, quite a shock to the system when your child is, is in a near miss, uh, not of his own accord. Just a couple of, couple of young people that were racing. And I told him, I said, don't you be a part of that group? Because that's what can happen. So mm-hmm. a learning experience all around. Oh, for sure. Now, with our son, I said, you know, he has some skills. He does have a love of cars. And I think that his love of cars allows him to use his own vehicle very well. But also, it lets him look at what the next best thing could or might be. He spends a lot of his time on the Internet looking at videos of different kinds of cars. He has a future in cars that is going to be uh, something that he'll always have a passion for. So, Scott, but here's what's interesting. Just recently, it was National Unplug Day. And David on the Morning Blend asked me, Brenda, if you could right now, would you be able to unplug from your phone for the next 24 hours? And at first I went, oh, absolutely. I can go 24 hours without looking at Facebook feeds or social media, Instagram, any of those things. And then I went... Oh, well, wait a second, though. So I'd have to be able to use it for 
our telephone because we don't have a home line. And oh, and on my phone is also my calendar. So I'm going to need to use my calendar in order to know what's coming up during the day. And then I went, oh, and then, you know, I'm going out to this event later on and I need to use my map system so that way I know where I'm going. And before I realized it, I said, you know what, David, I don't think I can. Technology has become such an integral part of our lives. You are on it constantly, too, in connection for church and your diaconate work, but also for your regular job. Technology, screen time, all over the place. Right. You know, it used to be that, as as I remember being a kid laying in front of the TV, move back from the TV, you're too close. (laughs) Well, now we're in front of the ubiquitous TV, so to speak. It's everywhere. It's on our on our phone, on our computer. We have the little ring systems that have it on the counter. You just you, people have TVs in the bathroom. I mean, so it's like everywhere. So that how do you find your faith and find your life in the midst of so much distraction that can just keep us enthralled? That's going to that's going to continue to be certainly our our children's challenge into the future. It's become our challenge. I think uh, I think we probably have a, a reaction because it's all brand new to us. To them, it's part of their existence. You know, that is so true. And we uh, did our best, you know, when they were younger to kind of curb how much screen time. But you're right. I'm as close to the computer screen right now as you would have been when your parents said, back up, you're too close, you're going to hurt your eyes. Well, it is throughout our days, our lives. It's just now an integrated system. And then you think about technology, about how it's advanced human development. And are we using technology to benefit human existence, or are there ways now that technology is replacing not only the jobs and things that we would ordinarily be doing, uh, but is it also replacing that face-to-face interaction with people? Are we using technology for our better development, and are we using technology to help our faith life grow? We might recall just a week or so ago, we were going out to lunch while we were visiting a store. We said, let's get some lunch. We went over to this this uh, fast food place, walked in, and there was two kiosks there, and there was nobody behind the counter. So we typed in our order, and the order came out. But it was, to your point, there's no longer even a person who's at the counter. I used to work at Burger King. That was my very first job, was working at a fast food restaurant, Burger King. That has changed even. So yeah, things are replacing people. And when that happens, who do you have a relationship with? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And then, of course, you think about how you can use technology for good. Now, we have, and we've said this before, the all of the knowledge, really, of the world, we can have access to it on our phones. That includes our faith. You know, these different apps make it so easy for us to engage in our faith, to have our prayers available, to have, you know, you use your phone for your morning and evening prayer times. Are we recognizing and using our phones to develop ourselves too? I think it's a good question because not all use of technology is bad use of technology. Well, coming up, we have a great discussion with Michael Davis. His podcast is Common Sense on Social Justice. 
He and I are going to have a discussion on an encyclical by Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. He had a lot to say about technology and how it should be used and could be used for the betterment of human development. And then when we come back, we'll just share our thoughts on that as we raise our family in the midst of this technological wonder that is the Internet. So stay with us. we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Scott and Brenda Aiken with their View from the Pew on Mater Day Radio. Well, it is time once again to have a common sense discussion, social justice. On a standalone podcast, Michael Davis talks about ways that we can look at social justice in a worldwide view, but act on it locally right in our own neighborhoods. He is joining me today as we dive into another chapter of Pope Benedict's encyclical Charity in Truth. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. It is so good to be here again. Well, in your more recent episode, you're talking about technology and human development. Now, we know that looking at technological advances, even within the last 20 years, boy, it has just, you know, astronomically increased with our ability of having access to things, access to knowledge, just access Mm -hmm. to health care. But also, it's really affecting our human development. So, we ask a lot of questions about these things, about how and why. And you know, you talk to us a little bit about technological developments and why they're happening versus how they're happening and how it affects human development. Yeah, Pope Benedict XVI had a very real concern that technology was, which can be a good tool for Absolutely. human development. But his concern was that it was becoming an end in itself technology was. So we were asking too often, how do we develop better technology? How do we advance this thing, that thing? And he said, no, we need to be asking the question, why? Why are we developing this technology? So for example, your iPhone, great tool. I've had times where I've used my (laughs) iPhone uh, when I'm discouraged and I would read quotes from a saint on my iPhone. Excellent tour, a tool. But there's also other things 
on iPhones, you can access pornography, you can access yeah. hate speech, uh, racism, you can, you know, you can watch violent movies and videos, all these things. So Pope Benedict XVI wants us to ask if we're going to make advances, for example, to iPhones, why? What's the purpose behind that advancement? Is it actually going to help in human development? Michael, as we were preparing for this, two technology advancements in regards to having jobs available, jobs that provide a living wage where there used to be, you know, factories that would have, you know, warehouse lines of workers. And through those jobs, they were able to provide for their families. Well, technology, we're really starting to recognize that they're beginning to not only take jobs away from, from people who needed them, they're also moving the labor forces to where, you know, the labor is much less expensive, so to speak, than it is here. Is that technology stretch that the United States is allowing companies to do, it's really beginning to affect many, many countries around the world in mm-hmm. our desire for goods and products and technology. Yeah, it's certainly true. There's a couple ways that's happening is through outsourcing. So moving factories, for example, to, to third world countries or uh, you know, creating robots to do the work in place of humans. But, you know, let's talk about outsourcing first. So what the Pope brings out is that you, we we often talk about from an American standpoint, oh, they moved that factory to Mexico, for example. Mm-hmm. And we think, oh, wow, look at the American jobs are lost. The families are out of jobs. But what the Pope brings out, it's not just that. On the other end, they're underpaying these workers because there's not all the regulations in place for minimum wage and all these things. And so these workers are in unsafe conditions. They're underpaid. And, you know, it, it's creating havoc on the other end as well for these workers. And then, of course, even in advanced countries, you've got robots doing the work of, you know, you look at, at video uh, of of assembly lines at car manufacturing plants an insane number of robots on the assembly line well those are robots represent families who are maybe on unemployment michael you bring up a good point too about the iphone now i have an iphone and my children have cell phones uh i get them because of the idea that i need to be able to get in connection with them but think about the years from when i got my very first cell phone and it was a flip phone that i think i had 10 minutes of free service on that i could (laughs) call somebody and i had a computer at home Well, now the phone that I have in my hand, not only do I use it for countless minutes, I don't even have a phone in my home anymore because my cell phone has replaced that. I have all the knowledge of the world right in my hand. I I, I do. Mm. And yet what we find that we spend our time doing is it's a time waste that we are looking at just ridiculous things when we also have the full knowledge of our Catholic faith, that how much time are we using the technology to benefit our spiritual life? Mm-hmm. Do we th- yeah. even think about using that for our development of human life when really what it's doing is kind of using up that time with really terrible things and especially what it's done for our young people? Yeah, It seems like we're not using technology well. No, and we definitely are not. You know, for example, my iPhone, I've got quick links to quotes from saints like quotes from mother Teresa, or quotes from saint benedict joseph labray and i've also got the, the scriptures on my iphone i've got the liturgy of the hours 
quick linked on my iPhone. So good, good use of technology. But what do I find myself doing sometimes? I mean, oh. like, uh, you know, I will, I'm really into astronomy, love astronomy. So boom, you know, I'll see the moon out at night and I'll just start Googling, like, how big is the moon, you know? And, <laughs> oh, these other stars out here. Next two hours later, I'm still Googling all this stupid stuff that does nothing for my life. Who cares how big such and such a star is? It does not change my life. It does lead me maybe into worship of the creator, but... Again, waste of time. Now, let's take that a step further and see, okay, what are a lot of things that people are browsing on the internet? Talk about waste of time. Just complete nonsense. Right. Myself included. I'm, and I'm right here like, with you. And like, man, whoa. And that's where the Pope gets into this, is that technology should only exist for real human development towards uh, unity with God. And he says anything else? needs to go. No, absolutely. In my own mind, I think about how I get caught up watching very short reels about, as you said, ridiculous things. And I know they're ridiculous and they make me laugh. But wow, before I know it, there is an hour, hour and a half sometimes spent just flipping through the phone, time that I could be spending developing well, real face-to-face relationships and discussions Mm -hmm. with my own family members. Michael Davis is joining us today. We are having a common sense discussion on social justice. Well, it's a great episode. And Michael, you're moving forward with this encyclical. And coming up too, you have a a new podcast where you're going to be talking about compassion, fatigue, and burnout. How do all of those three words interact together? Yeah, so they're actually compassion, fatigue... And burnout are two sides of the same coin. Compassion fatigue is where you just are mentally and emotionally drained from serving the poor and needy day in and day out because you're taking on their energy, which is necessary to have compassion, but it creates that. And then burnout is the other side of the coin. It's the physical side where my body begins to follow suit. So I'm emotionally, mentally, spiritually spent. Therefore, my body begins to ache. I began to get exhausted, I can't sleep well, and then I become cranky Mm. with those who I'm serving, by the way. Wow, that is a great idea. And again, another one of the newest podcasts from Michael Davis. His show is A Common Sense Discussion on Social Justice. Well, Michael, thanks so much for joining me. That is a lot of information, but look forward to listening to how you really work these things out in your latest podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. God bless. Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in Then I watch them roll away again, yeah. Scott, when I was talking with Michael, and you heard it there just a moment ago, I sit down sometimes, and I'm just going to scan a little bit. I'm going to check my email. I'm going to see what the radio station put on social media, so that way I'm aware of that for the next day's show. And then I just click on one little link. I'm like, oh, that looks like a funny article or, oh, there's something cooking that looks yummy. Maybe I want to check that out. And then these algorithms, they start to recognize what you're clicking on and it starts feeding me more reels that go along with my interest before I know it. Well, I've wasted an hour of time. It's so insidious. 
how quickly that happened. And sometimes for our kids, we recognize, guys, you've been on the computer all day. Unplug. It just is, like you said, insidious because there's an attraction to it. And, you know, scientists are really coming forward more um, adamantly to say this is in many ways rewiring our brains uh, for those who are on on this social media process regularly on an, on an ongoing basis. So, But the hope is that they're finding ways to unwire or rewire back from that. So here we are as adults, parents of children who are trying to figure out how do we live in that and how do we not become ourselves caught in this trap of media? Well, I think it's a conscious effort on our part as Christians to be mindful of what it is we're looking for and asking God, where can I find guidance in what I'm doing? Because mm. I, I'm, I'm being fed by this. If this is not what you want me to be fed by, help me to, to find what you want. Oh, and me. no doubt. And Scott, we even recognize when the kids were younger and they were innocent about what they were clicking on and they really were looking for little videos of their favorite cartoon characters and things like that. And they would click along a little bit and then, boy, they'd find these loopholes into websites that really, really concerned us. And so I think one of the first things we did and recognized early on, our family computer is right in our own kitchen. It's right in the middle of where we can see what is going on and watch what they are doing. And I think that was probably what we did first and foremost to ensure that our children were not getting into trouble on the internet and it was easier for us to monitor that. So we thought we'd spend a little time talking about a great article I found. Debbie Cowden wrote an article for catholiclink.org, and it's titled, How Much Tech is Too Much for Your Kids? Well, what's interesting here, and we'll go through the list, Scott, I think a lot of this pertains to us as well. How much is too much tech time? And so here were a few tips of what she said to look at and ways to fix it. So the first one on the list, she says, and this is good for all of us, objectively, we need to look at how much time we are using on a TV, tablet, computers, and phones. Now, look, if you look at all of that time together, oh, you'll say, oh, maybe just a few hours a day. But now we recognize our kids are using Chromebooks at school. They're using their phones to connect with each other. They're coming home, getting on their phones instead of watching TV. Sometimes they are watching TV. You think about all of that time, hours and hours a day are spent in front of a screen. I mean, objectively, have you ever thought about how much time you're on your computer or screen? Right. No, I don't. I think like many people, I don't necessarily want to know, but I know that it's more than I probably would otherwise let myself be as a consequence of what the requirement is at the job of what I do with, with ministry. Uh, it, it, like you said earlier, it's just, it's a, there's a pervasiveness to it. So how do we reconnect to the value that it can be? And as anything that is, is created, it has the potential for good and for bad. And what I think we're in this mix of as a society is trying to figure out how do we tease out what's the good and what's the bad of it? And then how do we tease out within ourselves? What do I seek that's good or that's bad? Because we're, we're actively a part of the seeking. That's why those algorithms key in on us mm -hmm. and do the things that they do. The next thing she says to look at is, are you using technology as a crutch? 
I think many families have fallen into this. And Scott, I think of you and I, sometimes, especially when we had four little ones running around, it just seemed like chaos was in every room of the house and we needed it to just calm down for a few minutes. So what would we do? We'd go right to the TV, put in one of their favorite movies and turn it on because you just need a moment. That happens. And then they whine and they want to watch it again. So you thought, oh, well, that was okay. Just another 30 minutes. And then now does it become, oh, well, we're just going to put in a full length movie for you to watch, right? Are you using that as a crutch? And as, like I said, I mean, we've all fallen into that where we need a moment. We need a moment. We understand. We had four kids and at one point, three of them were three and under. It's helpful. And there's a place for that. Right. I think, uh, I think it's just a matter of, really actively being conscious, which I think the irony of this whole theme and discussion we have is helping us to maybe look at how are we conscious about our faith life. And I think there's, in in the use of the crutch, there's some people who can say, well, I use this for looking up things about my faith and learning more about my faith. Well, that's good. That's good. How do you activate that? Mm-hmm. And activating it means as part of the uh, one of the precepts of the church to do stewardship, time, talent, and treasure, and evangelize, to take the, the gospel out. So, you know, I think to use Paul as the example that I've used in the past, who was raised on the roads of Rome, all, all things led to Rome. Well, he just reversed that. And he took that experience and knowledge he had as he understood the gospel, and he used those roads to go out. And so how can we have that kind of mindset in the midst of our confusion of technology to say, God, how can you redirect what I do here to be valuable out there? So it's as simple in, in some ways as getting up to go for a walk, because when we go for a walk, we're not using the technology, hopefully. We're not watching our screen because we'll get run over by a car, but walking gets us out into God's creation. Getting out into God's creation is connecting us back to the creator. Well, Scott, I think for sure this is one of those topics where we could spend a whole lot more time on. And I think this is just a good discussion and a good start for parents to look at and think, okay, how are we using this? How is it good for us? And what are some of the areas that we can work on a little bit better? For sure, tune in again to View from the Pew. We'll have lots more to say on that in upcoming episodes. Scott, before we go today, can you end us in prayer? Lord, we thank you for the many gifts that we have in our life and help us to, as we use those gifts, to discern how to use them, to make good use of them for the benefit of the kingdom that you are calling us to lead others to and that we are being called to be led to help us this week to be open to that and during this second week of lent trust in you in all that we do we ask this in your name jesus christ amen and that is going to wrap it up for us this week please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith our family and our view from the pew god bless have a great week You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. 
For more information on the Aikens and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at moderndayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Monterey Radio in Portland, Oregon.